Oh no, you know what? I'll leave it here because this is this is technically tea across the galaxy, but I'm gonna leave the resistance book club up for right now. But this here is a podcast um where I'm gonna just be going over some news, uh things that happen in the Star Wars, things that happen in the book community, and that is it. But uh yeah, this is Kita's Black Alliance, and my name is Kita stay-at-home mom, um, you know, and this is nothing but Star Wars and books and news and everything, so stay tuned. Grab a snack and grab a drink. I already got mine, so I got a coffee because, honey, I felt like I was going to pass out. Oh, my God. I am so tired. But, um, yeah, it's... It's been a long, I feel like it's been a long month. Um, and I have like quite a few things that I have to do. Hold on. Yeah. Um, it's just, <sighs> I feel like I'm falling behind, but that's okay. You know, we're okay. We can fall behind if we need to. Um, so I have an Easter vlog that should have went up but I didn't even get the chance to upload it so I have to upload that um what else I have the Star Wars reading vlog that has to go up at least um by next week and and then you know with this I did very well with the Star Wars reading the only one that I'm really about to finish which is the last one of the of the reads of April is the Thrawn uh, Ascendancy Book Three Lesser Evil. So so far it's good. You know, it's just there were some snags in the road, which is more of like my mental, um, just like really tired. I was I don't know, I was mentally exhausted. So you know, it felt like my body was just running on E. Um, but, uh, I had to deal with that. And then I had to deal with the passing of, of one of my good friends that I work with in, um, Target days, one of my first jobs. So I had to deal with that. Oh, that, that really broke me. Um, that really broke me. I still can't believe that she's gone. It's just insane. I really can't. Um, and then, oh, so I finally went to the dermatologist and, you know, to figure out the situation with my hair because my hair is falling out. Um, so did the lab work. So this is crazy. See, this is the reason why we have to go to the doctor. Like, we have to do these lab works. I cannot stress that enough with a lot of people um, because I'm type 2 diabetic, but I am off my meds. You know, I, 
for a long time because it's this is actually 10 years that I've been diabetic. So I've been diabetic since I was 28 years old. Um, and I finally get off of the insulin and the metformin. So I'm very happy with that. But after giving birth to my daughter, now, mind you, I already had the spots, the ball spots on the side. But after the post shedding that happens, and a lot of women go through it. If after birth, you go through, you know, just the shedding all around because during pregnancy, your hair grows a lot thicker and a lot stronger. Um, all of that had shut it out. Okay. But then next thing I know for the next couple of months, here in the middle started coming out. So I started getting bald. In the middle. And I said, okay. Then I noticed that the hairline was going. And then I said, no, this is definitely something wrong. And I contributed to medication because, you know, anytime when we take medication, it depending on the strength of it, you know, will have some effects to your body, to your hair. You just never know. And I always kept telling myself, like, if I will try and see if I have that time to go ahead and, you know, go to the dermatologist. Well, I did. So, and I figured now would be the best time because I'm off the meds. So let's just see what happens. So I took the lab work, went there to do a follow-up and come to find out like, (laughs) so my iron was super low and my vitamin D was low. And I did tell her, I was like, because she was like, you know, have you ever had this problem before? And I say, yeah, like I was on iron and vitamin D for a long time up until the pregnancy. And I had to think about it because I was like, when did I stop? Oh, yeah, I did stop when I was when I got pregnant because they told me to stop. Didn't need it because I was going to already have all the vitamins and everything from the uh, prenatal. And they never said anything afterwards, even though I was taking a lab work. And I always checked my lab work and my iron deficiency and all of that was great. So getting to see this and I was like, oh, wow, this is like completely in the red. Okay, well, I guess I ain't got no got enough iron now. So she said she wants wants those to get picked back up. Okay, that's great. Then um, the solution that she gave me, it was it is working. I'm not going to say it was. It is working. Um, It just takes longer. But I have seen the results before coming to her. I was noticing that it was clearing up, like growing back. So she said, it's up to you if you want to do the injection. So I said, "Uh, like, how long does it take for it to grow? Like with the injections? So she's like, it would take even lesser time with the, you know, with um, the solution. So I said, you know what, let me go ahead and just do it. (laughs) I was told, oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. You know, just be aware. I was like, okay, but I've been poked so many times. I feel like I'm going to be like numb to this whole thing. Okay, but go ahead. Let's just see. Man, she poked. I ain't feel nothing. I promise you I didn't feel anything. 
any of it. So she, when she, I don't even know where she was. Cause I was just like, mm-hmm. and she's like, you're okay. And I was like, yeah. Like, are you doing? And she's like, yeah. Like I'm getting, you know, towards the back. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm good. So she's like, really, her and her assistant is just looking like, okay. So she's, you know, still going, still going. So she goes, goes on the other side. She's still asking like, um, are you okay? And I say, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I promise you if I wasn't, I'd smack you in or something, but no, I'm fine. And she's like, oh my God, you are the best patient. <laughs> and I was like, I told you, I said, and I'm pretty sure it's going to work because anything that any medications that people that the doctors give me, it automatically works. So, um, so she goes in and puts it in, puts it in. She's like, yo, I wish I, I want to do more, but I don't. Like, let me just, I said, no, just put it in the spots where it needs to be. We'll come back again, you know, but just know it doesn't hurt. So did that and notice the change. Um, Just a tad. It's just a little. It's filling out like we're starting to see, you know, the follicles and stuff coming out. So it's good. We're in a good good start. Now, what they call this type of alopecia is called fibrosis alopecia. Apparently, this happens. Um, usually, it starts like in the front of your face. So if you have like, you know, with your eyebrows, your eyelashes, it will start to fall off. Excuse me. And then it works its way to your hair. But for me, it hasn't. Like my my eyebrows and everything is fine. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I noticed it after birth. So I talked to my mom about it and apparently it happened to her too after me. But she said it happened later, later like when I got older. Um, and I'm like, Jesus. And then when I was talking to my sister about it, I'm like, we all is suffering from this. Like, this is insane. Mind you she that like we have to have different mothers but this seems to be an issue and one thing I do agree with her is we as women suffer so much especially when it comes to um giving birth or just being pregnant but our bodies submit such a great deal it's insane. Like, you have no idea how underappreciated as mothers we feel. That's why I always say that. You know, Mother's Day coming up, hell yeah, I'm, I'm doing something. <laughs> you know what I really want to do? Smoke a cigar and drink some dark-ass liquor. Because you know why? I done put myself through all of BS. <laughs> like, I deserve a damn break. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to sit down and relax. If it ain't a cigar, at least give me a spliff. Honey. So I can be high for the night. <laughs> and be happy. <laughs> but, you know, it's just insane. And then, so I'm, we've been, me and my husband just been thinking about baby number two. And I'm like, man, I may have to go through this again, honey. So 
So that's why I wear the wigs. I wish I can wear, you know, my protective styles a little bit more, but I can't because there's no hair. Like there is just no hair there. It's not covering. I don't want to do all that extra glue and stuff like that. So I'm in the process of trying to get another wig where it's glueless. So I don't want all that glue on me. Like right now it's glued down. But yeah, what can you do? Um, but yeah, so that's happening. And uh, yo, it's tourist season. Facts, bruh. My birthday is next month, bitches. I got May 20th. Yeah. So I'm excited because it's in the same week of um, Mother's Day. So, and this kind of gets into some of the topics. So, um, I uh, found a Black-owned bookstore because I live in Colorado. Clearly, there's not many. Um, mm-hmm. Of course not. So when I Google, y'all, facts, there's one downtown. <laughs> I was like, yo, you cannot make this up. I promise you, you cannot make this up. When I was growing up in um, Brooklyn, my dad always took me to a Black-owned bookstore. I keep it 100 with you. I know where all of them are. I don't know if they're still there. One of them that we went to was actually not that far from Spike Lee. And I wasn't there, but I remember that he said when he went there, Spike Lee was there. But um, downtown, like close to downtown Brooklyn, um, there's a few others that he took me to. So, you know, that's what I, I always know, you know. Um, library for me, I went when I was, no, wait. Oh, yeah, I did. Wait, wait. Hold on. There's another one. Not in Brooklyn. Is it in Brooklyn? Um, da, 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 da. Oh. I do believe I went to, yeah, I did go to a few in Brooklyn when I was younger. And there is a big, huge one in the city. Um, yes. The one that everybody has seen on Sex in the City. Yes. That that one. <laughs> uh, there is a museum that looks almost like that too. Uh yeah, they keep to the mon keep to those monuments in uh, you know, when they do movies and TV shows and stuff. Um, but yeah, I went to a couple of libraries around my neighborhood, went to the big one in the city, and then when I got older and we moved to Queens. I went to a few in Queens as I started getting older and older and was able to go on my own. Not to say I wasn't able to go on my own. I actually been going on my own for a very long time. Even when I was younger, I want to say probably third grade. Yes. And this is New York. I know. Um, Scary. Yes. 
Of course. But as the years go on, you start getting, you know, used to the surroundings and being comfortable. And so, yeah, went to the library, always had a library card, always took out books. Um, and in high school, me and my best friend, even before high school, me and my best friend, we always went to the library. Always. So a lot of the books that I read in high school, she read them too. Um, there were a few times that I went by myself, you know, and I always say this, you should always go by yourself. Find a time, go by yourself. It's literally more refreshing. I'm not saying that it was bad when she went. Like we just went, you know, looked around. She was in one section. I was in another. She would come back. Hey, look at the book that I got, you know. Things like that. And then there were times, oh, and then we did find a Black-owned bookstore on Jamaica Ave. Um, and that's where we met or tried to meet Carl, Carl Weber, one of the authors. And, yeah. So we used to buy books out of there. Um, and, yeah, that's that, that was it. So out here in Colorado, I have I have been to the library maybe two times, but I haven't gotten a library card. Um, I will when I take my daughter with me, and then that way she can get the experience of going to the library, and as well as you know having the experience of going to the bookstore. We did go to the bookstore to the Barnes and Noble. Because my eye doctor is actually right next door to the Barnes and Noble. So we went in there because I had to get a Star Wars book. Which happened to be the very first book of the, um, you know, of the phase. Mm-hmm. So went there, you know, she at that time, she don't know what's going on. But when she gets older, I'm hoping that it would be a little bit more, you know, better experience because she would, you know, comprehend and understand what's going on. But this next month for Mother's Day slash my birthday, I told my husband, I want to go to that Black-owned bookstore. So I'm hoping that next month I can get... um you know, like a few books. So that goes into my next thing. So if you see my videos and you've seen the April read, I think I did an April read. And no, I did a March wrap up and April, May, June reads um, because I wanted to do theme. Each month have a theme. and. Because when I notice is that on my bookshelf of all the books that I had purchased in such a short time, <laughs> completely filling up my bookshelf at this point, um, there were a lot of things. And I said, you know what? Let me stick to that. You know, I, I can definitely hold myself accountable for those books. And, um, and then if I wanted to add just maybe like one, if I have like three books, maybe two more books, because I wanted to read like 
five books per month if I can. And so, you know, just add maybe one more to this theme, you know, two more to that, you know, get what I'm saying? So I said, well, I can go to the bookstore and um, see what they have. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy something. And then that way it will complete some of the themes, the, you know, in my TBR collection. And in that way, I have everything set up all the way. Probably I can see myself doing, reading these in the TBR. All of this will probably fall right into 2024, most likely. Um, so that's what I have. I do want to get middle school books. So like the Amari book. Um then there's the Tristan Strong book um, and a few others, like the Rhythm of Time, the one that has um, S.A. Crosby and Questlove. I wanted to get that and do like a middle school theme month. Um, but so far, Star Wars, Star Wars books for this month. Next month, I have Dark Academia. I am almost legit almost finished with Ace of Space because I'm like, I don't want to take a break. <laughs> I just want to keep going. Um, so I'm almost finished with Ace of Space. After that, it is the Atlas Six. And if you see my um my shorts, you've seen that I did a whole little in the jar picking out the books. And I promise you <laughs> The same way that I am reading this is the same way I thought of reading it before picking each book out. And then the crazy part was when, because since the Atlas Paradox is a sequel, it didn't make any sense for me to put that in the jar when the Atlas 6 is in there. What if I pick up Paradox except for the 6? You can't read it backwards to go forward, you know, backwards to go forward. So. I went ahead and I told, my, told myself, I said, once I pick Atlas 6 out, then I'll put the Atlas Paradox in it. Yo, I shook it up for at least like a minute, pulled out the thing, and it said Atlas Paradox. I was like, all right, well, it was meant to be. So everything else fell into place. So I'm doing pretty good. Then June is uh, Pride Month. So to represent June, I have books that I'm going to be reading. That involves LBGTQ plus IAP, um, you know, authors and characters. Then once we get into July, I need to figure it out because we'll be moving. <laughs> so because of me moving, I need to figure out which book I'm going to be or what, what the theme is going to be. I do have the Elise Bryant, all three of her books that I wanted to read, then if it's not that, I have the horror and thriller, but I still need to add two more books to that. Actually, one more book because one is actually coming. So maybe one or maybe, well, maybe two, depending on how I feel. Then I actually have Middle Eastern and South Asian 
authors. And I want to have that theme in there too. So that part I'm just trying to figure out um, because it's just going to be a whole lot of moving. But for us, we're very good as a team, me and my husband. So literally it takes us no more than two days to first day you move. Usually in that same day, we are unpacking and everything is done. So I, I give ourselves a grace period of just like two days. But mainly like that one day, we are really good. We have everything moved, everything is packed, unpacked, you know, how we want it. And then we're done because we don't want to be sitting up there doing this for a whole week or a whole month. And he has to go back to work. So that's that's how we normally do it. So, yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, which way. And then also, too, to get my daughter comfortable in the whole living space, you know, arrangement and everything and how that's going to go down. So, yeah, with all of that, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so those are the upcoming themes that I have, you know, for the month. So you'll see a whole video. I'll have everything, because what I also noticed that I don't really have everything posted in my description. I will try to make sure I have everything posted in the description of, you know, what I'm doing. Um, and if you guys want to join in on the journey of these books, it will be out ahead of time. Um, again, always check out what I have. So for the next few months, it's already posted. Go to that and you know, pick out the books if you want at the library, however you get them. And yeah, you know, join in and I will post the um, the vlog at the end of every month. Yeah, that's how I'll do it. So, so far, so good. I'm really enjoying it. Really, really, really enjoying it. These books is really good. Really good. Um, So let's get into, so I've discussed that. My birthday. Oh, and if you wanted to know, I will be turning 39. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, I know my um my other best friend, who's the well, both of them are godmothers to to my daughter. Um, but the second one, she lives in Florida, so I can't wait her to she's coming out here next month so we'll be out hanging out so it will be fun like I, I'm really gonna be busy and stuff so hopefully I can vlog some of the things that I'm doing and uh showcase it to you I, she doesn't have a problem being on camera <laughs> she loves it um but yeah so the other things that I wanted to talk about before I get into some Star Wars news um so this again is still considered in the book the book realm um i did see because this will go into the topic i did see that when i started the book two channel and everything i noticed that there is this massive amount of people that are so in tune to romance and fantasy books 
And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's great. You know, it's awesome. You found something that you love. It gets you through. But you know what I really have found out, like reading romance books, again, it's not for me. And it's not a guilty pleasure. It's just something to get me, excuse me, to get me out of a slump. And because they're easy, fast reads. So it always makes me laugh when I see a lot of the booktubers who be like, yo, this is how many books I read in a month. And it'd be looking like stacks, right? And then when you see the genre of it, you're like, duh, of course you read that much. Damn books is probably the most easy, easy, easy writing reads ever, ever. Of course. (laughs) But it's cool, you know. Um, Only read what you can. You know, I read what I can. I know I can read these, you know, this amount of books in a month. I know that. I'm not even selling myself short. I do what I can. I'm a grown-ass woman. (laughs) I'm not overdoing anything. I'm just a heavy book lover. You know, and I don't mind reading all over, you know, different types of genres and stuff. I don't give it a shot. But yeah, when they be like, yo, I read like 30 books in one month. I'm like, then which genre is this? And it's always romance and fantasy. And I'm just like, of course you can. Because it's the most easiest reads ever. You know, that's how you get through a lot. And on top of that, most most of them is not that busy, you know, so they could sit there and read like for 24 hours. I cannot do that. I have a husband and a child to take care of that needs all the attention. And no attention is for me. Okay. And stuff for just reading. See what I'm saying? Underappreciated. But anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, and that's, and that, and Seriously, that is an awesome thing if you are able to just sit down and be able to just read, you know. And I have seen where some of the booktubers have boyfriends. Um, I want to say that's a little different than having a husband and being married. <laughs> I promise you, it is different. Totally different. And my husband would be looking at me like, okay, so what time are you going? Because he has to go to work. You know what I mean? So he can't sit there and watch our child forever, (laughs) you know? So, or do, like, I don't post my daughter. I mean, post. I don't like to video her all the time, but you have seen if you've looked at some of the shorts and stuff that I do, she is in there in the background and stuff. Like, I don't mind for like her hair and things like that, but I don't post her, her all the time. Mm-mm. I don't. I try to keep it very private, um, especially with my husband. He doesn't, you know, he don't care about that. But that was one of the things that we always discuss. Um, but yeah, so I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I have this time, honey. Oh, yeah, I have the time. And then there are some that, you know, is able to do it, you know, juggling being a mom and 
being a wife and everything. So I kudos to y'all. I just don't really have it. I don't have it like that. Um, so I say to say that there is this huge am- amount of people on a book to, um, you know, white and people of color who love Colleen Hoover. And honey, I had no clue who this lady was. I was like, who is this author? I keep seeing this author in every booktube video and book talk. They overhype her on book talk. I ain't going to front. They really do. But the booktube, oh my God. I can't even get through one video without them showing another Colleen Hoover book. Oh my God, this is so good. You got to read it. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be reading any of her books. I, I don't think so. I don't really have the urge to read a romance or, you know, because I think from what I was reading, I read a few articles where she talks like some of her books is more uh, domestic violence and stuff like that. You know, a lot of trigger warnings and whatnot depending on how you know how you see it um but yeah and a lot of these women have you know flocked to her books and apparently she sold more than the bible i mean you didn't sell more than my god but okay my god is anointed honey he is there for me you did not But she did. (laughs) And I saw the Times article. And uh, yeah, because I had wanted to read on on, um, Michael B. Jordan and Angela Bassett, which I thought it was really, really nice that Tina Turner (laughs) was the one who interviewed her. Um, Angela Bassett, I thought that was beautiful. And Ryan Coogler for um, Michael B. Jordan. So I read. (laughs) And this one was done by uh, Jenna Bush. And I forgot her married name. I am so sorry because, you know, I don't ever want to disrespect because that is you know, she took on her on her husband's name. Um, I just I can't think of it, but because we always know her as, you know, she's George Bush's daughter. But um, yeah, I didn't know she write articles, but okay, I think she might need some work in the writing. When I read it, I was like, oh, what entire generation are you talking about? You mean the entire white generation? Because you couldn't be talking about people of color generation. <laughs> she just, it was the way she worded. Hold on. Um, and nothing against her. It's just, you have to be careful 
of how you write things. Um, oh, Jenna Bush Hager. There you go. So I do have, have the article. I have it up on my phone. So it says, if you're paying attention, you will see Colleen Hoover's books everywhere you look. And more specifically, young people devouring them. Like many, I tore through her 2016 book, It Ends With Us, on, on a flight. Colleen has mastered emotionally fraught narrati- narratives, and women are paying attention. Whether you count yourself a Colleen Hoover fan or not, her influence on the publishing industry is undeniable. There are more than 20 million copies of her 24 books in circulation. In 2022, she outsold the Bible. At one point last year, six of her titles simultaneously held top 10 spots on a New York Times paperback fiction bestseller list. And thanks to her rise on hashtag book talk, she has motivated an entire generation of readers back to bookstores and libraries. But Colleen, who, like me, is a Texan, hailing from small town Sulphur Springs, has not forgotten her home. She is also paying it forward with her nonprofit bookstore the Bookworm Box on Main Street, and a literary festival, Book Bonanza, in Texas for up-and-coming writers. So, great. You know, I was like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, that sounds great that a lot of people are, or I should say a lot of young women are flocking to the bookstores and the libraries to get her books. That's awesome. Entire generation, though, Jenna, come on now. I'm not flocking to anywhere. I just look and I scrolled on past. I walked and I walked on past. You ain't getting me. There's a lot of us women that are not reading her book. Um, and there's nothing against Colleen Hoover. I am just not one of those generation of women who are interested in reading her books. Whether you recommend it to me, excuse me, that's something on my glasses. Whether you recommend it to me or not, I'm just, I'm not interested because the minute that you tell me it's like one of those easy reads, romance, whatever um, type of situations, it's just not something that I'm really into. And that, honey, that goes all across the board, even for Black authors, you know, I'm just not interested in romance like that. Um, it's just she needs to word that differently. Because I'm not, if you're going to say entire generation, that means everybody. My mom is not going to pick up her book. You know, my dad could care less. <laughs> he only reads black authors. Um, and more so in the lines of like, hardcore, you know, historical stuff, you know, histories with um, facts and information. So you have to really word that differently. 
And there's nothing against it. Again, let me just make that very clear. It's nothing against it. You you like who you like. That's it's fun. I you know, I love watching people who actually enjoy it, enjoy, you know, Colleen Hoover. And it's really like invested. That makes the whole video fun. You know, I'm I'm sitting there intrigued. Oh, okay. But it, you know, if it's not something that's in my realm, you know, of uh vision, I, you know, that's okay. It's the same for everybody. That's all, you know. But um, yeah, we need to work on the writing, and like this is this isn't good. <laughs> that's not good. Um then and you know what? I'm happy that in and let me say this, I'm happy that in this climate we have a lot more authors than we did when I was growing up. That really wasn't getting a time of day then as opposed to now. So this is a great time to be alive. But then the worst time, because I'll get into the other part, but I wanted to get into this um, situation where we have an article (laughs) that was written in The Wired. I know a lot of people know what I'm talking about. And who? Oh, my God. They went went ahead and written written an article about Brandon Sanderson, who's the Mormon author for Light Fantasy. Obviously, everybody has read. No, I have not read a Brandon Sanderson. Um, Will I ever read one? Maybe. I just, I don't know if I ever would. I know a lot of people um, like his books, though. And that's cool. You know, again, that's all for you. I don't know. But this dude went ahead and written this long-ass article tearing this author apart. And I was like, what kind of planet were you on? And his name is Jason Key. Okay, so that's the editor. But he goes, I'm not even going to read this because this, seriously, when I read some of it, I had to put it away. It's real trash, really trash. And Brandon Sanderson, he came back with it. But, you know, he was just like, he was just saying it in a nice way. Okay, and he probably doesn't even care. But, so he's trying to make it seem like and very well so he could be that way. You know, that Brandon Sanderson is is um uh boring, you know, just this normal guy, a normal author. Yeah, okay. Isn't that the way how a lot of these authors are? They don't have nothing fascinating going on in their lives. You know, they're not celeb they don't consider themselves celebrities. You know, it's just more he's a Mormon. What the hell else would you expect him for him? 
He's religious. I was trying to figure it out. Like, why we couldn't change this into something more positive? But why do we have to tear this man down? His whole life, his livelihood. That means that it's a great thing that he didn't change. That he still keeps to his normal self. And not let the lights and everything, you know, cloud his judgment or cloud his ways, blind him. You know, like some of these other authors. Just so, you know, not everybody could be a J.K. Rowling. Not everybody could be a George R. R. Martin. I'm just saying, you know, so it's not right. You know, I, he, he needs to be suspended for even doing this article. But, you know, they just, I guess he must have thought like, oh, there's going to be some tunas. And then he gets, you know, get the shorthand of the stick. Oh, ain't nothing here. Like, what the hell? Okay. But that's not for you to sit up there and critique the man off of his normalcy. That's his normal. That's his whole life. As long as he sits there and writes, he's putting things on paper that are fantasy. It's for us to, for him to escape and for his readers to escape too. To be in the lens, in the eyes of of the author. That's what you should be writing about. Not writing about what he does in his spare time and and what is considered his Mormon life to be stale and boring and all this other stuff. Duh. So clearly you have no clue, sir, on the Mormon life. You're not educated enough. You don't understand it and that's okay but at least you could have turned that article around into making it more positive and saying man you know I never understood the Mormon life and then could have talked about that and how that connects or um how that coincide with Brandon Sanderson's writing in his head Like, is there characters or something or is there themes in there that, you know, he keeps diving into that makes it more interesting is the reason why people, you know, love his books. Like, come on. That was so disgusting. It was disgusting. Oh, God, that was disgusting. Like, even, again, for me, I have never read this man's books before. I kept hearing about it like this was you know some guy who went ahead and you know made fun of him writing this article and I'm like what let me read this what is going on sure enough this is like such garbage it's terrible oh god anyway but yeah um but he needs to do better he needs to do better there's no way Need to do better. Um, 
So with that being said, um, I think we can go into talking about the book bans. Um, and the book banning is really getting bad, like really bad. Let me let me spill some tea on y'all, because maybe y'all do, and or maybe you don't know. Um, uh, remember the book? I've never read it, but there is a book called Fahrenheit 451, and that was banned a couple of years ago. And we all know Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan has a production company. At the time, when the Oscars happened, and I want to say, no, I am right. It was when Norm MacDonald had won for Best Actress for that movie where she was like a nomad or something. And she went on stage, accepted it, and said at the very end, inclusion writer, that everybody should have an inclusion um, in their contracts. So that same day, Michael B. Jordan included that in the contract. Um, it's just more for like equal pay amongst, uh, people of color, um, women, men, you know, gender related. So he goes ahead, Michael B. Jordan, he executive produced, and I think he acted in it and his production company was a part of it, of the movie. Fahrenheit 451. And it was on HBO Max. And I kept saying, wow, this is very different for him. Why did you do this? And I couldn't figure it out. Then I found out that this book was banned. And that's why he did it. Mike B. Jordan is really good. He's really good. I see him doing a lot of good things. He doesn't really know it yet, but this definitely is only the beginning. And he will just only become even more successful. Keep doing these, making these types of decisions, and it will just only give you more blessings. Um, And so with the book banning, so that's the little T, is that he did it because the the book was banned, and he went ahead and made the movie. To kind of like make a statement. So now we have a lot of these books that are being banned. Libraries that are being closed. I'm like, child. When I saw Harry Potter was being banned. Witchcraft and and wizardry. Really? The part that really pissed me off was... They banning Charlotte's Web, banning the Huckleberry Finn, you know, like all of those books that happened years ago. Child, let me go ahead and school y'all onto something, okay? For whatever reason that y'all needed to do this, I'm going to give you a line that was said in National Treasure where 
Nicholas Cage said. No, did he say it? I think he said it, or it could have been a movie. No, it wasn't that one. It was actually Da Vinci Code with Tom Hanks. Okay. Da Vinci Code with Tom Hanks. Love that movie. Read all of the books. Um, and watched every movie. There's a line of where he says, tells the girl, what do you mean? Like, you hate your... Wait, how you say it? No. What do you mean? You don't hate hate history. You hate your own history. So, white people, you hate your own history. Now you're trying to trying to ban it, trying to destroy it. And there are more books that they really are trying, you know, banning. Um, they ain't trying. They are banning it. Um, LBGTQ, some fantasy books, you know, they got a whole list of list of them. You know, I always say just uh, check in your own state and see what it is. But out here, they are trying to ban the um, all of the old books. Funny thing is, I have all of the old books on my daughter's uh, bookshelf. Every single one of them. You couldn't change the words. You couldn't tear those. Nope, you ain't about to tear those pages, honey. Mm-mm. I got those fair and square. <laughs> Charlotte's Web. Yes, I do. I had that book since I was a kid. I don't know how in the world it followed me all the way here. <laughs> 38 years later, but it did. And you can't change any. You cannot. She's going to read it, and she needs to understand that this was the type of talk that happened years ago. This was the type of action, attitude, everything. She needs to read that. It's a part of history. If you're, you can't ban something, it's like you're trying to ban the people. You can't delete that history. It's what made us. It's how we are here. So you're, and in other words, even for your white ancestors have died for nothing, but you're also deleting our black ancestors and Indian, Middle Eastern, Asian, all of them, every single one, European, all of their ancestors, like it was just nothing. You can't do that. That is our life. That's what kept us going. That's what keeps the generation open and flowing, regardless if it was bad or not. It's what made us. It's so ridiculous. I don't understand that. Now they want to control what books our child, our children have? Are you kidding me? Then you want to go ahead and take away the libraries? What? You don't say to y'all 
white asses down. Stop trying to control everything. This is the part of where they fall scared in fear. This is the reason why I don't like to be called a minority. Because I am not inferior to anyone. You will not dictate my life and what I read and what I do in my life. Just like you will not do that to my own child. I teach my child everything. For right now, yeah. Will I continue it when she's in school? Hell yeah. Because I'm not relying on those teachers to do anything. You know, of course, teach my child. But most of that is going to come from me. Nobody can teach her her blackness except for a mother and her father. But mainly me, because I'm the educator. And that's how I see it, you know. So let's support our libraries. Let's support these local bookstores. And let's get those books and put them in our homes so we can teach our kids this and make sure that it doesn't die. It has to keep going. That is our life that's in those pages. That is our ancestors' lives that are in those pages. Those are realism because it actually happened, you know. So, ugh, it's really crazy. So ridiculous. Ugh, gosh. Like, maybe driving me crazy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, so now we get to the actual, I like to call this the T Across the Galaxy because this is more for like Star Wars news, everything in the Star Wars. So I wanted to talk about the Star Wars celebration. So Star Wars celebration had kicked off this month at the very beginning. Um, I think it started on the 2nd of April. And it lasted for a couple of days. I think they do it for like four days or something. Um, I thought this year was actually pretty good. Very good. I knew we had to. Excuse me. I knew we had to get an Ahsoka trailer. That was so awesome. Oh, my God. And we got Thrawn. Yo, the swag, the slow walk from the back. That was so good. Oh, my God. And then we get um, Ryan Stevenson where he has the orange lightsaber, and I believe that's his Padawan, Um, which they both have orange lightsabers. I thought it was because... The reason for the orange is because that they're like this close to being actual Sith because they were Jedis. All Siths were Jedis and then they transfer to Siths, you know, let the dark side corrupt them. So I don't know if that's the case, but we'll see how that goes. 
Um, but it's so good to see Ray Stevenson. I love Ray Stevenson. He's just so good. Um, they did say what his name was in the, um, when I was watching one of the videos that I always watch for like details and stuff. Um, but I can't think of it. But anyway, then we get her, we get Ahsoka doing the thumb with the lightsabers, cut the ground. Uh, in a circle because she did that in the Clone Wars and you know that that came with the Tales of the Jedi if you watched that short and understood how all of that came about yeah oh my god it's just wonderful but um so we get to see Sabine and it looked like years have passed because her hair is an indication that years have passed um because her hair is very long clearly in the rebels if you watch the rebels her hair is very short and when they when her and ahsoka at the end of rebels they were supposed to go out and look for ezra but i guess they just the trail must have ran cold so they decided to just probably go their separate ways i know ahsoka went ahead and did the fulcron um and look like Sabine has been on what is that place um it's Ezra's home um home planet and she's been there she's been thinking about him we do see Ezra on the hollow hologram the hollow whatever the hollow vid and we also see Hera so her and Chopper, so that's great. We have not seen her son, Jason, who she is, who she had by Kanan, uh, clearly before he had passed. And that is it, because Zeb is not in it, but Zeb was in um, The Mandalorian in episode six, I think, five or six, one of them. So clearly they've been hinting. Listen, these were the Easter eggs in the Mandalorian. You have the space wells. So that's an indication that Thrawn and Ezra had came back. But clearly they must have went into two separate areas, maybe. Um, Zeb, then I think there was something else that was an indication. Oh, and towards the end when they were talking about Thrawn. Um, what else? That was in a trailer. Oh, nobody didn't talk about that. The magistrate. So in The Mandalorian, when we first was introduced to Ahsoka, she is on a planet where she was trying to get to the magistrate. And she wanted her to tell, tell her where Thrawn is because apparently the magistrate works for Thrawn. But nobody, like, bruh. I don't think anybody knows that is the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. And she has his last name, Lee, because someone, um, I read it, read it in something. Um, her father was Bruce Lee's like mentor or something like that. And he became the godfather. Bruce Lee became 
um, the Godfather to her. And I think somewhere in there, they went ahead and gave her her name, the lead name. So she is a part of the family. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, the magistrate in real life is Bruce Lee's goddaughter. I thought that was beautiful, but nobody didn't really talk about that. Um, but other than that, trailer looks wonderful. I hope I really do love how Thrawn is being portrayed by Lars Mikkelsen. Clearly, he did such a good job with the Rebels, so I'm hoping that it translates very well in a live action. Um, he seems to be having such a good time at the Star Wars celebration. So, you know, I just hope that it translates well. Um, other than that, it looks wonderful. I can't wait. Of course, I'll be doing a watch and review when the show comes out, which I'm pretty sure is coming out in the summertime. Then we have, oh, and it's not going to be posted on my YouTube page because of the copyright. Thing, but it will be on the Twitch, Spotify, um, and Twitter if you want to see the video. If you just want the audio, then it will be on other platforms like Apple and whatever. Um, then we get the skeleton crew. Now, for people that have went to the celebration, they were able to get like a little teaser trailer. And this is more like a Pathfinder. It seems like it, like a Pathfinder team. Drew Law is the one that's, you know, um, delegating this young, you know, young kids on the on the um, ship. And I think, from my understanding, that this show is supposed to connect to how Thrawn escapes from wherever Ezra had pulled him, you know, sucked him in there with the whales, with the uh, space whales. So we'll see how that goes. Loves all the pictures that they tried to show. <laughs> um, But I can't wait because I think that's supposed to be coming out at the end of this year. Then we get the Acolytes. Excuse me. We get the acolytes and Amanda Stenberg, wonderful young woman, Star Wars fan. She comes out dressed like in a cosplay of Padme and I mean, not Padme of, um, is it Padme? Leia. She's supposed to be coming out as Leia. Um, but it looks like a in-between of Padme from the prequel, sequel, I mean, prequel trilogy. And just a little bit of um, Leia. But, um, yeah, she just looks so beautiful. It's so, she has a great presence. She's so great. And she's a huge Star Wars fan. So, um, love her. She's helming her own show, The Acolytes. And this here is a bunch of, um, you know, apprentices who are becoming Sith training to be cis and I love it and this year is like at the end of the high republic era and then come to find out the best part of this news 
I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe this. That from the High Republic, we're getting Vanestra Rowe, Jedi Knight. I'm assuming she's going to be a Jedi Master at this point. Oh my God. In live action. Bitch, you couldn't tell me shit. Honey. Honey. Mm, 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 mm. I can't wait. She is my favorite character in the High Republic. Phase one. She is in the books. She is the young Jedi Knight now. Um, and she's a teenager. She's the youngest. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Because that lightsaber that she has is everything. Her lightsaber turns into a whip. Yes, turns into a whip. She was saying that nobody knows about it. It just happens. She didn't want to say anything because she didn't want someone. She didn't want one of the Jedi uh, masters or the council to go ahead and take it from her. Um, she thinks that it just has something to do with, uh, like her aura or something like that, like something that deals with emotions and something. And then it just breaks out into a whip. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And it's purple. <sighs> I can't wait. So yeah. So when we get to this, she's going to be grown. Uh, and I think the only thing is we won't see her with her Padawan because it, that's years. I don't know. I don't. Maybe as a Marillion because she's, I think she's a Marillion species. Um, they may live longer. So like her growth spurt is slower. So I don't think we're going to see her Padawan, Emery. And I really don't think that we're going to see Avon Staros. But maybe we might see a Staros family member because. You know, maybe one of the Staros family members actually do become a Jedi. Because we know Sana is a scoundrel. That's the one during the whole Dr. Afra around Luke, Leia, Han, you know, because she knows Han that, you know, that's the connection. Um, but it's just, oh, this will be so great. I can't wait. I don't know how long that is, you know, between the end of the High Republic era. I really don't. So that that will be interesting to see. Um I think if I had a little bit more of like a time period, but I don't know. They just said at the end of the High Republic era. So we'll see how that goes. And will they even show like the start of the New Republic? The the Knights of the Old Republic, I mean. That would be so good. Cause we get Bane and Revan, like we get a whole lot, so you know, I don't know, we'll see. And then we find out that, um, Visions 2 
Star Wars Visions 2 is coming out. I'll be doing a um, watch and review on that. And, you know, guys, you should check it on Spotify or Twitch and Twitter. I promise you. I'd be having so much fun doing those. Um, I'm just happy to actually take a break from The Mandalorian, all of the shows. But I will be doing doing, um, watch and reviews for these. And so those, the vision too, I'm happy. I can't wait to see it. I love the first season. There were some that were good. Some, there were a few that were great. And there were some that I was just like, eh, not my favorite. Of course, there was like one that was like completely overdone. Like they just over-dramatized it, but it was still cool. You know, it's Japanese. Like they they go so overboard and it's so fun. But this one has like a whole different look from the first season. Um, and, you know, it's just like the the way the animation looks is completely different from first season. So can't wait. Um, obviously, in the first season, we do get Ronin. Ronin does become a book, also becomes a comic book. I did try to read the Ronin book, but that thing is so slow. I had to DNF it. I did read the comic book, though, which is the prequel to Ronin. I may just end up going back into Ronin and reading it, trying try and read like a little bit here and there. But yeah, so yeah, beautiful. Then um, the Jedi Survivor. So if you know, if you, by the time you even get to this, you will know that I've read Jedi Battle Scars. That is also from the same, the Jedi Survivor. Um, this here follows the Mantis crew. And I promise you, if I hadn't read that book, I wouldn't even know what was going on in that trailer. But everything made so much sense when I watched the trailer. Um, we followed Cal Kestis, Siri, Marin, Grease, and clearly they're on a whole nother mission. I will be watching someone doing a whole game through of it because um, I, I just want to see. <laughs> I, it helps because they are canon. You know, so, and I believe that they are trying to do a live action Cal Kestis. So it's best if you just know what's going on. So when it happens, you know, things ain't flying over your head. So I like to be in the know. Um, But yeah, so the whole trailer was just great. Um, You know, we see Grease in his arm. Clearly, you have to read Battle Scars to understand what I'm talking about. Um, and then to see Marin and Cal together, see that right there makes more sense. And Siri, that whole bit where she's on her own makes total sense because of what I read in Battle Scar. So everything was just looking good. So I can't wait. I do believe that it already came out, um, the game. So I will have to see who is doing it, you know watch it on the twitch um what else came out uh i think that was it that's the only thing i had cared about oh the high republic duh um so for the high republic yeah we get a lot of um 
what you want to call it, a lot of announcements for the next phase. And clearly, which we already knew was that the next phase was going to going to go back to uh, continuing after phase one. And if you read Min- Midnight's Midnight Horizon, you know, it left on a whole light. Honey, we got to regroup, get it back together, and let's go. We got to go. So I cannot wait. Um, so apparently in October, so it's going to start in October. And this here, sorry, just had to feel a little comfortable there. So we get Lydia Kane, who wrote Cataclysm. She is, she has her book coming out. Chronicles from the Occlusion Zone, Sterilized Fiction, Serialized Fiction, Star Wars Insider Titan. Okay. Then, let me see. There is another book that's supposed to come out before. So I'm looking at this because I took some snapshots. Um... And I'm trying to see, because is this? Oh, okay. So it's not. So they still haven't figured out which, what is it going to be, which I'm sure they'll figure it out soon. Um, Eye of, The Eye of Darkness by George Mann. That sounds like a middle grade. No. Wait. Yeah, it does sound like a middle grade. So I'm assuming Chronicles from... The occlusion zone is probably going to be an adult book. And then the Kevin Scott, The High Republic, I think that is a comic book. Because they would have said what that is. The High Republic Adventures still continue with Daniel Jose Older in December. Then we have Daniel Jose Older and Alyssa Wong doing Escape from Velo. That sounds like um, YA because he really just does a lot of YA writing. So they're collaborating. And Alyssa Wong, I know that author. Don't you know that author? Oh, right. She did um, Dr. Afra, which I love. And she also did, um, she also did Deadpool. She writes Deadpool. Okay. And then Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland are doing Defy the Storm, which is probably a YA. One of these is a, an adult though. I'm gonna okay. So Chronicles from the Occlusion Zone. That's gotta be a YA. And I believe Defy the Storm is YA. The High Republic Adventures, that's comic. Escape from Fallow. That's YA. Because I've never he has not done a an adult book, adult novel, Daniel Jose Older. Mm. And then there's another um another book 
but it has not been revealed yet. That's coming before Lydia King's book. So that might be an adult novel to start it back off again. Um, But this here will be Trials of the Jedi Wave 1. Oh, okay. Wait, here we go. So I did take a picture of it, of the adult novels. Oh, it is. Okay. So Eye of the Dark, The Eye of Darkness by George Mann. That is November 14, 2023. Temptations of the Force, Summer 2024. Trials of the Jedi. I mean, so that one, the second one is by Tessa Gratton. Trials of the Jedi by Charles Soule. 2025 spring so all three of these are adult novels okay so we got it now the eye of darkness escape from Velo. i'm just looking okay okay and then middle grade i was right oh he's doing a middle grade though okay so it's not YA. Middle grade novels is Escape from Velo, Daniel Jose Older, and Alyssa Wan. So that's, oh, so they put this in January 30, 2024. Beware the Nameless. Yes. So that's summer 2024. And A Valiant Vow by Justina Ireland, which is spring 2025. Jesus, we got to wait all the way for another Justina Ireland. I feel like this, this here will change. Um, I feel like this will change. So middle grade school. Okay. So that, let me just wait, wait, wait. Okay. So those are what they have so far. So that will be wave one. And so far, I would have to say it's looking to be really good. Um, I can't wait. Definitely will be buying, you know, to fill up my collection. I already have um, Path of Vengeance coming in another week. Actually, in two weeks, I believe. And I also have um, volume comic volumes of the star the high republic books so the comic books of volume one of this phase come into me and then there's another one which i think is the nameless one no edge of darkness one that will be coming towards the end of may so yeah i got some stuff coming don't worry i'll show them on my shorts (laughs) Show them on the shorts. Um, but yeah, so, so far, so good. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Really dying to get back into the phase one, really. Because now we understand what it is now. Okay, we got all the details. Now let's get back into phase one. And then let's put it all together. So I'm excited. And then um, now we get to talk about um, The Mandalorian season three because now that whole season has ended um i did do a whole watch and review for every single one of the episodes on my spotify um i don't think you'll get it on a twitch because they um take it off after seven days 
So I would say, if anything, just watch it on either Twitter or Spotify. Um, but yeah, so the whole Mandalorian season three, it was it was good. It just wasn't great. Um, I the thing that really took me out and was pissing me off was the Lizzo and Jack Black <laughs> being on there. And Lizzo, I'm sorry, but you cannot act. Honey, it just sounded like you were just reading off the page. Um, but I, I commend you. I'm just, I'm really getting tired of the cameos. It's taken away from me. I did not need it. I don't care for it. You have eight episodes. Those should have been the most tight-knit episodes. Each frame should have been thought out well. Moving on to the next thing. We totally, like, literally went left and not even talked about the Dark Saber. Then you went ahead and killed off the Dark Saber. Sorry, this is all spoilers. Um, and it just it felt like you were treating it as if it was nothing, and it is something. Like you know how important that would have been with the Dark Saber and the Mythosaur. But I feel like that Dark Saber is going to come back. It's going to be fixed. Um, do I think that Moff Gideon has died? No, I don't think so. That Beskar was just too on point, intact, everything. That thing almost took out Din Djarin's Beskar. So I know he ain't dead. That thing saved him. And so we'll see how much burnt he looking, how much crisp he's looking <laughs> before Thrawn takes him out. Because he's trying to get Thrawn's position. So trying to be a leader. And clearly the clones... That was in there were were um clones of Moth Gideon and they were also force sensitive clones. So that was very interesting. Now, let's not forget that he is the host. Okay. And who's to say that he did not take this blood and put it into his own to try to be force sensitive himself? I'm just saying, we need to look like dive deep into that because it seemed like he's so headstrong on doing that. And I think we really need to stop thinking that that's not going to happen. He can easily do that to himself. If he did that to the clones, he can do that to himself. But then blood mixed in with his, you know, I get it, but it's not that far fetched off that he would try. To become force sensitive himself. But, um, you know, and does he even have more of it, of um, Grogu's um, blood? You know what I mean? Like, we don't know to what extent that he has it. So we didn't even know that he had a lair on Mandalore. Interesting. And Elia Kane, the psycho lesbian, um, you know, the ladies love her. <laughs> I promise you all the ladies love her. They was like, you know, I'm throwing panties at you. Because you is just so crazy, but I love it. I promise you. It's so funny. Oh, my God. This chick is psycho. Oh, my God. But she is very loyal to Gideon. So we know 
she's going to, you know, she's going to be in there. She's going to be there with him. And um, maybe we'll see them in Ahsoka. I don't know. I mean, the way they ended it, we know there's going to be another season of The Mandalorian. You know, the way they ended it was just trying to show that um, Din Djarin and Grogu are living their lives on Navarro in their nice little home. They'll be doing their bounty hunting thing. And, you know, it's going to be a time when they have to go ahead and join forces with the Mandalorians. I wonder what they're going to call themselves. Because now they're all united. But I'm sure she's going to, um, Bo-Katan is going to be finding more other Mandalorians. So I wonder if this is the part where we will see Sabine's family, the Ren clan, join, you know, forces to try to, like, be stronger in numbers together. You know, we'll see. So, other than that, Dr. Pershing, we don't know. We don't know if this man is alive, his brain is fried. We don't know. You know, that's, it's very interesting. And, oh, and Grief Karga, he's still the high magistrate on Navarro. So he's, they're all just picking up the pieces of their um, town because the pirates went ahead and invaded it, which was, they were being told by Elia Kane to go ahead and do that. So that's how much influence and how much power that Gideon had, you know, to make uh, Elia Kane, you know, go ahead and do these jobs. Um, what else? Oh, and rest in peace to Pat Vizsla. Like, bruh, you didn't even think about it. You had a son. You have a son. Nay's son is is fatherless. The Patronian guards were great. I feel like that scene could have been better, though. I, I didn't like the fact that they went after Grogu. He went after a child. Like, are you kidding me? No. Mm-mm. At that point, <laughs> then Jaren should have turned into Joel from The Last of Us. Like, Heffa, you ain't about to sit up here and take my trial. I'm about to kill all three of y'all. Fast. So, that and I think that's it. It's all I could think of. But overall, season was okay. How would I rate it? I don't know. This one is hard. It is hard because there were some parts in it that was good. Mm-hmm. And oh, and we got the backstory, half of the backstory of Grogu. Um, and it was so great to see Ahmed Best um, getting his chance again. He was Jar Jar Banks in the prequel trilogy. Um, and he suffered a lot mentally. Um what that mental health had did, you know, what the Star Wars thing had did to his mental health was pretty bad. Um, but I'm happy to see that he is alive. He looks great and they gave him a chance. You know what I mean? So that one is, that was great. So (laughs) 
It was so good to see him. So he was the one who saved Grogu from the Order of 66. So now it's just like what happened after because that was all they showed. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would give it like at least 2.5 stars. It's just it really wasn't a great season, but there were some great elements, some great parts in it, but some stuff just didn't make sense. Um, So uh, I say to say, you know, hopefully it will be better. I'm hoping that Ahsoka is going to blow it out of the water, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to like a lot of things that happen on there. It's just how it goes to each his own. Um, also, oh yeah, and then Dave Filoni uh, is going to be directing the Heir to the Empire with Thrawn, so that that would be cool. They're going to be doing, oh, James Mangle is doing um, Dawn of the, is it Dawn of the Jedi or Dawn of the Republic? One of those. Um, I think it's Dawn of the Jedi, because he was saying how, yeah, how did they? become force sensitive you know we got to look at the very beginning how did they acquire the uh the lightsabers or you know it's just like things like beginning things so that'll be great he also um if anybody wanted to know james mangle is the director of logan you know wolverine which is probably like one of the best movies ever so yeah Oh, and he did um, Logan. Is it Logan Happy? Something like that. The one with um, Channing Tatum and Daniel uh, Daniel Craig. It's so funny. It's actually really good. I love that movie. I think he was the one who did that. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. Back to the Mandalorian. Sorry I sidetracked there. Stay on target. Um, but yeah, so Mandalorian, it was all right, you know, it had great, like some good elements in there. Oh, and I did like the droid story. I did because I felt it for them. It's kind of like what's happening out here in the real world where they, you know, where it's the opposite. So as humans, we're being replaced by robots because they need things to keep going. And then in Star Wars, the droids are being replaced by humans because they like, oh, well, we don't have a need for you anymore. Like you malfunction all the time and all this other stuff. So, you know, that's that's how it went. So I thought that was pretty good. But other than that, you know, again, to each his own, you know, what can you do? What can you do? So let's just hope for another you know, for a great rest of the year with um, Star Wars content. You know, I'm always here for it. Always here for the books and everything and the comics. Um, so for the rest of the um, Star Wars stuff, I do want to say, yes, I will be reading Path of Vengeance. Um, I will be reading the comic book volume one of The High Republic. And actually just finishing out because I already read part of it already. I'm just happy that they have it in the volume. And oh yeah, Rise of the Red Blade, which is the Red Inquisitor book that's coming out. 
Um, Crimson Climb is coming out in October, so I'll be reading that. Uh, the Red Blade one is coming out next month or the month after. One of those. Um, and I believe that's it. So I'll be having videos for all of those when they do come out. And other than that, I think that's it <laughs> for this whole podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, I do these every month. Um, so just always stay tuned for it, you know, every month at towards the end of the month, I should say at the, at the end of every month. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Please subscribe, like, comment, share the video if you care, everyone. I care. Um, (laughs) keep your mental health in check. Uh, always try to enjoy what little, you know, what life we have now. Always tell your loved ones that you love them. Embrace your children. You know, take them out. Do whatever. Be the loving parent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is it. This is the way. Peace. He ain't have a lot of money, but he taught me how to keep the perfect posture. So folding under pressure, that ain't something that I'm...